to the True Neighbor Podcast. My name is Tom Breyer. My guest today is Blake Lynch, the Community Policing Liaison for the Harrisburg Police Department. Working in collaboration with the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank, the Harrisburg School District, the Harrisburg Police Department, and countless activists and volunteers, Blake has coordinated the City of Harrisburg's food response during the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the past three weeks, he has overseen the distribution of 100,000 pounds of food and nearly 5,000 boxes of food to families and seniors who need it most. I was at Harrisburg High School yesterday with my brother Matt, where we handed out more than 100 boxes of food in less than an hour. And I can tell you that despite the serious circumstances that we find ourselves in today, there is a deep sense of hope in the Harrisburg community, one that stems from the outpouring of support and generosity that leaders like Blake have engendered over these past few weeks. This episode is a reminder that we all have the ability to be true neighbors. If you're looking for an opportunity to volunteer or give back to your community in some way, send us an email at contact at briarforcongress.com and we'll get back to you right away with a list of options. Trust me, in these trying times, the best medicine for helplessness is service. So without further ado, I bring you our next true neighbor, Blake Lynch. All right, I'm here with my good friend, Blake Lynch. Blake, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. We have a lot to talk about because I think what you've been doing over the past month or so um, probably has been more than most folks could ever imagine doing in a time like this. You've really been on the front lines of, of the response effort in terms of volunteer work and organizing. But uh, first, can you tell us a little bit about your background? What was your path like prior to accepting your current position with the Harrisburg Police Department? Well, Tom, thank you so much for having me. And it's really been a pleasure to get to know you over the last year. Um, prior to joining the Harrisburg Police Department, I served as Director of Development for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Pennsylvania. So in my role there, I was responsible for raising over a million dollars every year to help support the efforts to keep our uh, kids safe and in a positive place where they can learn and are fed every single day. Um, and also to try to, again, to push forward the mission of um, providing a safe, positive place for kids. Um, and we were able to do that every year. Um, prior to that, I uh, worked in hospitality. Um, and uh, then prior to that, I <laughs> worked in government. So I've always had this nonprofit government service style and type of role um, throughout my career. So it's kind of natural there to help others and do good. I remember the one of the first detailed conversations we had. We were at Cafe Fresco. Do you remember this? And uh, you asked me, unlike most people, one of your first questions was, why are you doing this? Like really, I think at a deeper level, you wanted to exactly understand why someone would run for office, what the motivation was. And so when I was thinking about what I wanted to chat with you about, I kind of thought back to that same conversation and the same question. Why have you dedicated yourself so much to public service and to activism. I mean, really from day one, you've made a priority out of giving back. Um, was there one person that inspired you? Was this something that you picked up on your own? Where does that inspiration come from? Well, I think the inspiration really comes from, it's just 
kind of who I am and how I was raised. Um, my family uh, grew up in the church um, and also always had a passion to do good and help others, whether it was serving uh, as a usher or uh, helping um, people with their groceries at our local food pantry at the church or um, anything to do with the family. For some reason, I've always wanted to serve. Um, so whether serving our pastor or serving other families or, you know, in school, always being the teacher's aide or uh, any opportunity to serve as a crossing guard, it, the service side just came naturally to me. Um, it allowed for me to have a career in hospitality for over a decade. Um, again, that's nothing but service and trying to help people. Um, and uh, it just translated. So um, I, I guess it's just a natural um drawing that I've had to service and wanting to help people and solve problems and uh, find solutions. So, you know, I can't really pinpoint to a direct person, but many of my mentors and many of the people that I follow uh, always have some type of commitment to service and greater than oneself. Um, I also locally attend Messiah College and that's big um, in the mission of, of our college as well as discipleship as well as stewardship. And so making sure that, you know, we're doing good, helping others and um, making sure that we're experiencing the love of God and giving it away. And that's through love and uh, and through service. So that's something that I hold true to myself and uh, my family as well. Well, it's coalesced now into the very moment probably of your life where we most need someone with that background, skill set and motivation to be on the front lines of the COVID response effort. But before we talk about you know the specifics of what you've been doing, when was it that you first learned or maybe more deeply started to appreciate the gravity of this crisis? Was there a meeting held in the police department? Was this something that you kind of read about on your own? What was the timeline like in terms of the response to what was happening over the past couple months? Uh, can you be a little more specific? Sure. So. Um, the first reports out of China for the coronavirus were in late December. Um, it hit the papers in mid to late January. Uh, and January 30th, I think, was when the World Health Organization declared a global emergency. Um, March 6th was when Governor Wolf first issued his first order. Uh, was there just a moment in time where the police department kind of huddled together and put together a, a response strategy or, or is it more fluid than that? Well, our officers are, are serving and protecting every single day and um, being in the loop in emergency services has been a blessing. Uh, not only have I been able to see and witness what our first responders uh, come against and, and help out with every day, um, but also being in a loop with federal agencies and state agencies who've been monitoring the situation since China, since uh, December, and November. Um, so it was always known about it, uh, kind of in the loop about it, especially from the Pennsylvania Department of Health and um, our federal agencies. So that information has been shared through Pima and FEMA also. Um, I think really for me personally um, was when the governor was contemplating closing schools. And the big push was understanding that since I work in the city, have worked in the city for over a decade and served our kids and work with the school district uh, and not other nonprofit entities. Um, I realized, man, if we end up closing the schools like other states to keep everyone safe, that's going to impact 
uh, families and communities in a <laughs> in a huge way. Um, and the big part of that that I was looking at was um, economic development um, and how it's going to affect people economically uh, with their finances and jobs. Uh, but then really uh, food and how are we going to feed these people? Because 100% of the Harrisburg School District, for example, is eligible for free and reduced lunch. Um, I, as a kid, grew up on free and reduced lunch um, from a single parent household. My mom uh, raised my brother and I, um, and we were eligible for that program and received that program all through school. Um, so I knew how essential it was to have that breakfast program and then the lunch program. And in the afternoons, a lot of our kids um, in our surrounding cities, uh, surrounding uh, suburbs and communities receive um, after school lunch or after school dinner snack as well. So if I went to Boys and Girls Club or I went to a Salvation Army or YMCA or uh, an organization like that for an after school program, uh, I was given some type of snack or dinner meal. And uh, that's what our kids experience. So when you take all of that away, our kids are going to be hungry. Uh, a lot of times there's no food in the refrigerator. I've helped countless families put food in their refrigerators when there were good times. Um, so let alone here when the times are bad. So that's kind of when it hit me. And I said, there's something that we have to do. Um, and that's when phone calls were made and we stepped up. I was with you um, last week where in 45 minutes we handed out over 100 boxes of 25 pounds of food at yeah. John Harris. That was only one location that day. There were multiple, I think half a dozen. You've been doing this now for a month or so, multiple times a week. Um, initially, was it difficult to organize the logistics in terms of how you were going to be dispersing food throughout the Harrisburg community? Or is this something that you kind of already had in place based on the work that you've done in the past? No, this was definitely a grassroots hit the ground running. How are we going to do this? And uh, I'm grateful that uh, we've had volunteers and people step up. Um, also, uh, collaboration with the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank has been essential. Um, I have been part of that organization for several years and uh, passionate about its mission. And so when I had the idea, obviously ran it by my, my boss, he was 100% on board and uh, wanting to serve the community and our kids. And so the food bank was on board as well. And then so next call was to the school district to the superintendent, talk with him. He was on board um, and, and his team. So that's kind of how we organized it. I said, we got to help our kids and let's let's partner together to get the message out and let's feed our kids and feed our families. And uh, from there, it's grown into where uh, in three weeks, uh, this week will be week three, we've given away over 100,000 pounds of food and uh, over close to 5,000 boxes of uh, food that you had mentioned to families and seniors uh, who need it the most. So um, it's been a blessing so far, and we're going to continue to step up efforts this week. There was a report from the University of Washington over the weekend where they looked at Pennsylvania's trend lines. They analyzed our social distancing so far, which actually compared to many other states has been really good. Um, and based on their analysis, they said that our apex in terms of the gravity of the uh, coronavirus spreading will be around April 17th, um, just a couple of weeks from now. Uh, obviously, you've already been extremely active, like you said, over the past couple of weeks, but with this expected to, to only increase, what do you foresee the next couple of weeks looking like? Are there like specific challenges that you would identify as being something to really uh, concern yourself with? Or once this starts to pick up, how do you continue to maintain that relationship with the community and make sure they're getting the resources they need? 
well, our commitment to the community is is uh, always there, um, and we'll continue to do what we can do for as long as we can do as safely as we can do it. Um, we're taking the situation day by day, monitoring and taking uh, necessary precautions to make sure our volunteers are safe and also practicing social distancing as well as washing our hands and using gloves and, and some other things as well. So what we're doing is handing boxes into vehicles, just put them right through the window or sit them on the seats and their people are pulling right off. So we're trying to have limited exposure. However, if the situation rises to um, you know, use more caution, we will do that and we'll make appropriate steps when need to. It's, um, it's really a testament to, to your leadership to be able to respond so swiftly to changes like this, because I feel like every hour, uh, you know, this situation really does change. Um, what have you seen from the city of Harrisburg during this time? Has, has it shown you anything in particular about the residents there? Obviously you knew them well before this, but, in many ways, I think we've we've seen across the country uh, responses to the pandemic about people coming together, about putting aside our differences and and really recognizing that we're all really seeking the same goal here. Uh, what has the COVID nineteen pandemic shown you about the city that maybe you didn't know before, maybe revealed more deeply? I think if anything, it reiterated the commitment to community and that there is a desire for people wanting to help others and do good. Um, the opportunity when things are organized in a way which it benefits others and it's not self-serving. I think people step up and they're all in. Um, this is all about how we're going to impact and feed our kids and feed our senior citizens and those families who need us the most. Um, we have community volunteers from all walks of life, all creeds, all colors um, who are coming out of the woodwork to send emails, make phone calls, send text messages to volunteer. And I think that together we can continue to move forward, not just as a city, but as a community, as, as, as a region, um, to just take care of uh, our neighbors and uh, get to know our neighbors. And this opportunity where things are shut down allows people to communicate more or to really understand their communities much better. And um, if you're safe and you're protected, then that helps me and my family as well. And I think we just need to get back to that a little bit more. So, Absolutely. Speaking of your family, have you... Um, has it been tough? I mean, imagine two young kids at home. School now is online. Uh, your kids are young. I don't even know if they're doing online classes. But what's that been like in terms of being a father? Uh, my kids are young. Uh, neither one of them are in school yet. So uh, okay. my my oldest starts school. Uh, right now he's supposed to start school in the fall. We'll see how that goes. Um, and my youngest is one, so he's okay as well. Now daycare was closed, so that impacts us and. Uh, my wife uh, has been fantastic through this all, um, and I've been working um, to try and not only do my job from home some days and in the community other days, my my uh, my boss has allowed me the opportunity to do that. Um, so my wife is working at home, and uh, we're taking, again, the necessary steps to be safe, um, precautions, you know, extra hand washing, making sure people are, you know, we're doing all that we can do again, to be safe. Um, most important thing is my family. Um, so as long as the family structure is good and I'm taking necessary precautions and limiting my exposure, I think that's most important. We talked a little bit about the response in terms of activism, but what's the pulse of the city? Are people nervous? Are they calm? Are they alert? How would you describe 
where people stand right now in terms of what's going on? I say all the above. I think anytime you have a crisis uh, which occurs and there's an unknown, um, it does get people on edge. And I would be concerned if no one was a little bit concerned or scared. Um, you know, I would want to check their temperatures a little bit right. because there, there's so many things that are going on, so many unknowns. Um, you know, I know some of the stuff uh, that I've been told in the public safety sphere from expert professionals here in the region who uh, are monitoring the situation closely. Um, and then I know what, you know, my neighbors and, and family members are saying, or, you know, obviously the gospel according to Facebook. Uh, hmm. So, um, you know, I think these are all things to consider. And again, it's, it's, it's very serious. However, um, understand that this isn't the end of it all. Uh, we're going to get through this together. We've gotten through much worse before. And uh, again, as long as we heed the advice of the medical community and the professionals who do this every day and trust them, I think that we'll be okay um, to get through this. Again, necessary precautions, limiting our exposure. Um, I, I think those things are, are essential to make sure the community is safe. Obviously, the same concerns apply to the police force in terms of keeping them safe as well. And I read a report recently about the Philadelphia Police Department where they've decided to halt certain narcotics arrests and have basically pulled back on most low-level criminal offenses unless there's a public safety concern. Has there been a similar directive in terms of how the Harrisburg Police Department is supposed to respond to crimes during this time? Well, our officers uh, are always on on the job to serve and protect, and so every cause is answered. Um, I know that the mayor has encouraged our officers to exercise, um, as well as our command staff, uh, which is our, our police commissioner, deputy chief, and captains, have um, really wanted to make sure that our officers are exercising caution um, and using proper judgment. So limiting exposure if needed, um, and if calls need can be made over the phone, or through email, um, they're urged to do that. Um, if they don't have to go out to um, talk to Mrs. Johnson about a complaint, they can do that over the phone. They're greatly encouraged to do that. Um, limiting interaction as well. So when officers do respond to scenes, um, trying to maintain proper social distancing, um, talking to people on their porch, um, you know, instead of going in the house, um, the, there, there are necessary steps that officers are taking to make sure that they are safe and protected. Um, and again, exercising proper social distancing. So um, they all are, have sanitizer kits. They all ha have um, cleaners in their car. Um, they're washing their hands more frequently. They uh, have uh, sanitizer they're doing for their hands and gloves they're wearing. Um, again, they're just more aware and trying to exercise more caution. So all calls are being answered. Um, you know, whether it's either on the phone or in person, all major, uh, major crimes are being answered and, and uh, our officers are responding to ensure that the residents of the city are, are maintaining um, safe and uh, the city is in a good place. So um, I think we're, we're good there. You mentioned that uh, Mayor Papenfuse uh, issued that directive. Has there been anything from the state or federal level that uh, the departments had to respond to? Can you be a little more specific? Have you received any directives from Governor Wolf's office or from um, any anyone at the federal level in terms of responding to crimes during this time? I'm just curious as to whether your only directives at this point have come from the mayor or if there's been other considerations that you've had to take uh, uh, under advisement. 
our officers are, you know, in our, our department, because we're the capital city, has collaboration with many federal and state entities and law enforcement professionals every single day. Um, so uh, those are things that I can't get into. However, uh, I do know that ongoing collaboration takes place every day, especially during this crisis. If you could sit down right now with one public official at the state, local or federal level, and talk to them about what needs to be done to best navigate this new reality that we've inherited, uh, what would you say to them? Well, I, I mean, I've had the opportunity that I work with uh, with mayor of a city, of a capital city, uh, police commissioners, which is in the public eye, and uh, have spoken with many uh, public officials from city council to state representatives to, you know, uh, United States congressmen, um, all offering help and, and providing insight into what's going on in their respective fields. So um, I think maintaining uh Clear communication to our residents is essential, um, and as much as they can say, and then also just being out to try and uh, answer questions and help as best as they can, which I know a lot of residents are appreciative of their state representatives and, and uh, those public officials who are doing that. So I would encourage them to continue to do that. So, Have those conversations without obviously disclosing any of the specifics of it, but yet have you offered up your opinions or insights on the economic situation that people find themselves in. Um, obviously, the folks would be expecting if they earn less than $75,000, a $1,200 check in the coming weeks. There have been uh, increased allocations for access to health care. Um, have you voiced any concerns as to whether that's sufficient or any changes in that regard? There, there's That's nothing that I needed to comment on with regards to my current role. Uh, my role is, again, to help others in, in the time of crisis and try to build positive community relations. So uh, I just try to stay in my lane and do whatever I can do to help and assist others uh, where I can here in the city. If folks want to volunteer with um, with you in, in the next couple of weeks, where can they go to do that? Uh, if they would like to volunteer, uh, they're happy to reach out uh, to me. Uh, they can reach me uh, via email at b a lynch so b is in boy a is an apple lynch l y n c h at harrisburg pa.gov all spelled out um and happy to email me and and i'm happy to uh, find out when's the time that works best for their schedules uh, we are giving away entity uh, items on tuesdays and fridays each week for the foreseeable future until things change um, and that's in the evenings from four to six so uh, Tuesdays and Fridays from 4 to 6 at uh, various sites around the city. So there are a couple different pieces to help put that together, whether it's assembling boxes, loading boxes into vehicles to transport, actually unloading and giving those boxes away to families, um, you know, helping to recruit others. There are many ways to serve. Um, and I'm grateful for all the people who have already reached out and those who uh, would like to continue to do so. Blake, it's always a pleasure chat with you. Thank you for everything that you're doing, and thanks for making the time to chat with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, and uh, thank you again for coming out and, and assisting with our efforts to serve our community. So look forward to working together more. Absolutely. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Tom.